On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla doesn't just take the top spot in Cars.com's analysis of the most American cars, it takes the top four spots. Plus, more details emerge about Model 3's upcoming Project Highland revamp, the Cybertruck travels to the opposite end of the world for winter testing, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 412 for June 25th, 2023. I want to start with a quick PSA, and I will make this fast because this will only apply to a small percentage of you, but it's cool enough that I wanted to throw it out there because if you are able to take advantage of this, this would be a really, really fun opportunity. So happening right now, Sunday, June 25th, from 8 a.m. Pacific to 11 a.m. Pacific, more than 300 vehicles are expected to turn out for the Peterson Auto Museum's inaugural electrified cars and coffee gathering. So again, happening right now. If you're in the LA area, then the reason I even mention this is because it's being hosted. There is a special appearance by Tesla's chief designer, Franz von Holzhausen. So this is a chance for you to meet Franz, to go hang out, see some cool electric cars, the first electrified cars and coffee. It's at the Peterson on the third floor of their parking garage. So again, uh, if you'd like to, if, you, if you're catching this in time and wanna go over and check out the cars, maybe get to say hi to Franz, maybe get to take a picture with him, head on over, just press pause and head on over to the Peterson Museum right now. Sorry I couldn't give you more notice. I put this up on Patreon earlier in the week uh, as a public thing for anybody to see. You didn't have to be a Patreon backer. I did. I got the word out as best I could on this, but I hope some of you are able to sneak over that are in the greater Los Angeles area. The next warm-up item I have for you is this. Another week, another automaker joins what can, I think, now be truthfully dubbed the NACS Coalition. Rivian is the company who signed on this week, announcing the very same thing that Ford and GM before them have, that Rivians are going to have access to the same 12,000 North American superchargers starting next year, 2024, and that an adapter will be available for current Rivian owners whose cars don't have the NACS plug. So that's coming out next spring with the NACS port being installed directly into new Rivians starting in 2025. Well, there isn't much else for me to say now that uh, at this point that I haven't already said about the Ford and GM pieces of this. So honestly, I think the best question to ask now is simply who's next? Lucid and Dodge, a.k.a. Stellantis, are the remaining American automakers who have yet to commit to the NACS plug. Now, of those two, Lucid seems like a no-brainer. They have almost no leverage, given that they've, unfortunately, I say this with no, no joy whatsoever, that Lucid has unfortunately struggled to maintain demand despite having what is, by most accounts, an outstanding vehicle in the form of the Lucid Air, if not an expensive 
luxury sedan in the form of the Lucid Air. The only hiccup there that I can think of is that Elon Musk seems to have a pretty public dislike of Lucid CEO Peter Rawlinson, uh, pardon me, Peter Rawlinson, who was the original head of the Model S project in the early Tesla days. Now, I have no idea if that sour relationship is a two-way street, like if Peter feels the same way about Elon, but even if that is the case, at this point, the better business decision for Lucid is to swallow any pride that you need to swallow and join up with the North American charging standard. Now, as for Dodge slash Stellantis, you've heard me say many times if you've been listening to the show for a while, and again, not with any joy, but to me, Dodge, Stellantis, they are not well positioned for the inevitable EV transition that's already underway, and I genuinely believe that they could end up being an automaker that doesn't survive this move away from the internal combustion engine vehicle. Again, I don't want to see that happen. I'm just, I, this is how I see the field out there, and that's how I feel about it. So I suppose if Dodge stays stubborn, because again, they don't seem to have much of a plan on the EV front, even now, it wouldn't surprise me. But they would be very wise to jump in with the NACS standard sooner rather than later. Uh, again, if you ask me, but what do I know? Um, anyway, uh, I made the growing number of automakers that have been joining the NACS coalition the subject of this week's Patreon poll, which again goes up every week, usually on Tuesday evenings at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That's my Patreon page. And it goes up for the public. You don't have to be a Patreon backer to vote. So we got lots of votes this week, well over 200 votes. And the question was this, does the widening adoption of Tesla's NACS plug in North America change your next car buying decision? 61% of you, who I presume are going to be staying with Tesla, as I personally also plan to, voted no, my next EV purchasing decision is unchanged by the widening adoption of NACS. 23% of you, though, did vote, I am still undecided on my next car purchase, but this makes me consider options I wouldn't have considered before. 6% said, I'm undecided and or not thinking about my next car purchase right now. 5% of you said, yes, this definitely changes things for me. And then the remaining 6% of you said, other or just show me the results. And there's some good comments. Again, there's always nice comments. Good, There's constructive, good dialogue on these topics for each week's poll left in the comments as well. So uh, Tim Hellman left a comment saying, my wife wants a new car from a different luxury brand, but I've been holding off recommending the EV model due to long distance charging limits. Opening up the supercharger network now makes that purchase viable in my mind. Matt Chinander, Matt, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, another Patreon backer, says, with Rivian coming on board and putting NACS into their R2 platform, which is their next generation of vehicles, which will include a more affordable uh, maybe more Model Y priced SUV, compa a crossover SUV, I should say. Matt says, 
that will make me heavily consider an R2 vehicle to replace our second vehicle, which is an ICE one. And then I'll give you one more comment of the many great comments here. Toxic Mega Kitten says, one of the best parts about charging with a Tesla at a supercharger is the appless experience. I wonder if non-Teslas will be able to replicate that. Well, at least the good news there, we do know that Ford in the, from the EV spaces, I, I played just some clips, the EV space, excuse me, the Twitter spaces, pardon me, between Elon Musk and uh, Jim Farley, that Tesla did say that they're giving Ford API access for them to be able to bake that kind of functionality into the Ford app. So presumably Tesla is going to do that for everybody that signs on to the NACS charging standard. So uh, that would indeed make it an appless experience, well, at least make it possible. It's still up to the other car companies to enable that functionality, to put in the work on the software side to make that possible for their EV customers. All right, uh, before I get started with the proper Tesla news this week, the big stuff, I hope all of you that are kindly supporting the podcast on my Patreon via that $10 a month or higher tier, which again, I remind you, is now uh, capable of having the free seven-day trial that Patreon recently enabled. I've been seeing uh, more and more of you sign up for those seven-day trials to give it a try, so I very much appreciate you all doing that. So if you're at that $10 a month tier or higher supporting me on Patreon, my lightning round mini episode this week, I decided to change it up. You know, I've, I've always, I've purposely tried to keep the topics EV related because, well, you know, that's why you're here. But I thought, all right, well, this week I just saw The Flash, uh, the new movie in theaters last weekend, and I had a lot of thoughts about it. I'm a big fan of Michael Keaton's Batman from the 1989 Tim Burton movie. And Ke- uh, Michael Keaton is Batman for the first time in 30 years in The Flash. So I wanted to talk about that as just a, a take a take a little break, have a little pop culture episode of the lightning round. And I'm still I'm soliciting feedback from all of you on Patreon, whether you you don't mind me taking a little pop culture detour every now and again on the lightning round. You know, not every week, just once in a, once in a while. Or if you'd prefer that I stick with EV related topics and EV adjacent topics every week. So anyway, that's what this week's lightning round was about. My thoughts on The Flash as a big fan of Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, all right, lots of news to get to this week. Let's start with this one. Tesla takes the cars.com crown for most American-made cars in the literal sense. Most American-made cars. Yet again, because uh, they've taken this crown before, but this time... They did even better. They swept the podium and then the fourth spot. So they took they took gold, silver, bronze, and the fourth spot as well. Cars.com writes, for the third year in a row, Tesla holds firm atop the list. For the second year in a row, its Model Y SUV leads the way. And for the first time, the Texas-based automaker has swept the index with its entire lineup locking down the top four. The latest study follows the same basic guidelines of 2020 to 2022, and this year hits 100 vehicles on a list judged through five criteria. Assembly location, parts content, 
engine origin, transmission origin, and U.S. manufacturing workforce. Ultimately, Cars.com vetted 388 vehicles to arrive at the 100 that made the index. So uh, what's interesting here, rounding out the top 10, the rest of the top 10, are zero other American car companies. Somewhat ironically, I think, that the most American-made cars are Tesla and then a bunch of non-American car companies. Spots 5 through 10, in fact, with the exception of Volkswagen at number 6 with the, thankfully, EV, ID4, are all held by Honda family cars, a.k.a. Hondas and Acuras. So that's the list, if you're curious, of 1 through 10. It's Tesla, 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 and then a mix of Hondas and Acuras other than the ID4 from Volkswagen thrown in there at number six. If you're curious where Honda is building these Hondas and Acuras in the U.S., I didn't know either. I knew they had some American operations, but this is pretty cool. They've actually got a number of plants. So, of course, the four Teslas are all made in my backyard here in Fremont, California, along with the Model Y, which is also made in Texas. And then you have the Honda Passport made in Lincoln, Alabama. You have the aforementioned Volkswagen ID4 made in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Honda Odyssey, the minivan, in Lincoln, Alabama, uh, along with the Passport, same facility, alongside also the Honda Ridgeline. And then Acura has a facility, it looks like two of them, because you have the Acura MDX in East Liberty, Ohio, and also Marysville, Ohio, and then the Acura RDX is also at the East Liberty facility. So good to see that American manufacturing there. Now, getting it back to Tesla and this the, the way that Cars.com ordered the four Teslas in the top four, I would be curious what differentiates the S and the X because actually I think I didn't read you the, the actual in-order list. So number one's the Model Y, number two's the Model 3, Number three is the X and four is the S. So what differentiates the S and the X there? Is it literally like a tiny handful of parts on the S that are sourced from outside the U.S. versus a comparable part on the X that's sourced within the U.S.? Maybe the door handles, you know, because you've got the self-presenting, the auto-presenting door handles on the S whereas the X just has kind of basically their, their, their buttons on the outside of the door that you just press, and then, the, of course, the, the invisible chauffeur uh, opens the door. You know, the car, the door opens for you and closes automatically. So, I don't know. I just thought that was a weird hair to split, and, and Cars.com didn't break down any more specifics here. I mean... It, we, other than the categories, right? So I'm, I'm basically speculating. I wonder if the difference between the S and the X is something in the parts category because they're using the same motor. They're using the same battery pack that comes from the same place in Giga, Nevada. They're manufactured at the same facility. 
so I just don't know, and they don't have a transmission. So I'm not sure what else it could be, but parts the parts content category. Anyway, to finish up this story, for any fudsters that you may happen to encounter in your life, particularly, you know, I think when I say the term fudster, I know this applies to me, maybe it applies to you. My brain automatically defaults to just an absolute, like, dug-in-their-heels hater who just not only doesn't get it with Tesla, but refuses to get it. But I think in real life, fudsters can also apply to good, well-intentioned people that you might know well. Like maybe they're coworkers, they're family members, they're friends who are good people, nice people that maybe just don't have accurate information. Well, if you're ever talking about Tesla, talking about EVs with those people, and this, you know, you get a chance to bring this up, it's it's a good thing to point out to them if they are Tesla or EV naysayers for whatever the reason. Now, granted, there are lots of things that you could point to for why those fudsters should at least root for Tesla, even if they're not interested in buying one for themselves. But this is a prominent reason right here. This is American jobs building American cars right here in America. So, you know, that's the, the, the uh, sort of hometown pride, as it were, tends to be one of those sticking points for, for the fudsters sometimes. And the, the fact of the matter is, there simply aren't, as, as cars.com has, has uh, figured out, there are no more American cars than Teslas in every single sense of the word. Next up this week, Tesla has to clear a bit more space in its trophy case. Speaking of which, I wonder if Tesla literally has a trophy case, either in their corporate headquarters in Texas or at the engineering HQ in Palo Alto or maybe at the Fremont factory where all four cars get made. I, You know, I don't know, but... I bring that up because a lot of video game development studios that I visit in the course of my day job do have actual trophy cases in their lobbies where when they win awards from major publications like me and IGN, they put those physical awards on display. You know, it's a it's something for their teams to be proud of. So I do wonder if Tesla does the same thing, if they have an actual trophy case somewhere. Anyway... Where I'm getting at with this is that Auto Trader has named the Model Y the best car for families in 2023. From Auto Trader's own write-up, they say, the Model Y takes everything that's good about the hugely popular Model 3 and builds on it to make a fantastic family car. The boot is more than twice the size, the cabin has noticeably more headroom throughout, And the SUV vibes mean the driving position is higher, so visibility is better. But all the Model 3's best qualities remain in the Model Y, including the minimalist cabin, the show-stopping central touchscreen, the quirky and fun tech integration, the impressive battery range, and the, quote, effortless acceleration, as one owner put it. Add in nationwide access to the rapid supercharger network, and the Model Y makes zero emissions family motoring as easy as can be. As one enthusiastic owner puts it, quote, it's about the balance of speed, economy, and quality 
with big handfuls of fun and practicality thrown in. Well, enough said. Well done, Tesla, says AutoTrader. And of course, we all know, as Tesla fans, many of you are Model Y owners, this is a very well-deserved honor. The Model Y really is the best car that you could possibly buy, at least for a family of four. If you're a bigger group than that at home, then, you know, there is the Model Y 7-seater, which probably works pretty well if a couple, if one or more of your kids are pretty young and can fit into that relatively small seven-seat third-row area. But it's also, even just setting all that aside, whether that applies to you or not, in terms of being the best family car, the Model Y is the safest car that you can put your family in, which I think for most of us is right at the top of the list of why you'd buy a Model Y. But you've also got the fact that it's dirt cheap to fuel since it's not just an EV, but an efficient EV. It has autopilot. It's got video games for you and the kids and plenty of performance. If like me, your kids yell out, go fast. Cause that's, if that does that happen to you, it happens to me. My daughter likes to, she likes how the model three performance moves. So she does enjoy a good launch when it's safe to do so. Anyway, congratulations once again to the Tesla team on another well-deserved accolade. Next up, let's pivot back to the Model 3 here. We have more details emerging about Model 3's upcoming Project Highland redesign. This comes courtesy of Teslascope and their various sources at Tesla. Now, the reason I'm choosing to share all this with you is because I do believe that Tesla Scope has a pretty good track record. They've gotten stuff right before. Now, by their own admission, they don't get everything right. None of us, you know, I've, I've gotten certain things right that I've, you know, been keyed into or, or, uh, you know, had been tipped off on and certain things I don't. That's kind of how it goes for everything. But, uh, Tesla Scope has sources at Tesla that they did a huge Twitter thread on what they've learned about Project Highland from their sources at Tesla. So sure, take what I'm about to tell you from them with a grain of salt, but also know that plans can and do change. You know, we know for a fact how Tesla likes to move fast and make rapid changes to plans. So what I'm telling you here could be true today, but in a month from now might not be true. But all those caveats aside, Let's see what they've got here. So, Tesla Scope says, we're excited to present an informational thread about the upcoming Tesla Highland. Highland represents Tesla's continued innovation and ingenuity over the last 16 years with the most significant refresh of an existing model. And then they get started. Highland is a complete overhaul of the Tesla Model 3, including a major refresh of the exterior, but also significant updates to the interior. The prototypes we've seen on the road these last few months are only a tease of what's coming. Tesla is incorporating dozens of technological advancements within Highland, including for the first time, steer by wire yoke and steering wheels. Other additions include matrix LED headlights on all trims and redesigned RGB ambient lights providing a more modern feel for all passengers. 
And while we're on the topic of new lights, Tesla also has a secret minor refresh of the S and X tentatively happening within it within the next two months or earlier. Unlike the rest of this thread, we've not been given permission to share details besides receiving the RGB ambient lights. So I guess that's for sure one thing coming to the S and X fairly soon. Tesla scope continues. Based on conversations we've now had with at least a dozen employees across various roles within the company, Highland's interior will feel fresher, more modern, and much closer to the look and feel of the recent Model S and X redesign. A rear screen has been experimented with. Another core focus of Highland, which may surprise many, is a focus on recycled materials. As with the recent iteration of drive units in the Model Y, many components will deliver on Tesla's goals of environmentalism while also making minor parts and repairs more affordable. Next tweet. Highland also represents years of customer feedback to provide a more streamlined experience when switching between models, especially with the expansion of Tesla profile functionality, referring to the cloud syncing there with your profiles. One small change we've been told about is an R displayed in the mirrors when in reverse. When Highland is in full production, all delivered uh, vehicles will have Tesla's latest and greatest autopilot computer, Hardware 4. The Model 3 is the only vehicle not delivering with Hardware 4. However, we anticipate Tesla will start this transition before Highland. Based on those working closely on the Highland project, we've been told that Highland will not only include the upgraded cameras we've seen on Hardware 4 equipped vehicles, but will be one of the first models to incorporate a new front fascia. Yes, that includes a new bumper camera. That's big. The new refresh will also include an upgraded speaker system. We've been told to expect minor improvements, borrowing conceptually from the newest S and X. Highland gains, gains slight power efficiency boosts by removing various sensors, instead utilizing GPS-based data. Early prototypes included a slimmer iteration of the Model Y HEPA filter, but it has yet to be present in recent iterations of Highland. Thus, it may not be present in the release candidate. Some changes, notably the exterior lights, are not expected to receive any significant changes. Lastly, expect seat changes that aim to improve ride comfort and, in testing, reduce vibrations experienced in prior generations. Other changes that have been made to provide a more, or excuse me, other changes have been made to provide a more comfortable experience. This is paramount for both ride sharing and robo taxi in the upcoming years. So the elephant in the room. With all these upgrades, you'd expect that Tesla will be increasing the price of the Model 3. While we've not received anything concrete to confirm or deny this, we're confident Highland will be priced similarly to the current generation. Uh, via improvements throughout the entire manufacturing process, Highland delivers a brand new experience all while accomplishing insane cost savings for the company and customers. It will be yet another, quote, hardcore smackdown to gas-powered cars, as often said by Elon Musk. Finally, they say, now let's get serious. When is the Highland launching? 
Sadly, that's a confusing topic. With multiple delays already occurring, we've received conflicting opinions from the employees we've spoken to. Some say in one to three months, some say later this year, others have said Q1 2024. We've gotten the impression that Tesla is taking their time to get this right with a slow but steady prototyping process and ensuring supply chains for necessary parts are hammered out. Executives within the company are very proud of the work completed thus far, despite delays. So thank you to Tesla Scope for that. And really, I mean, not a lot of concrete details there. And I don't say that as a criticism of Tesla Scope. I appreciated that sort of higher level overview of what's going on with Highland. I mean, the most interesting stuff we heard there is number one, the bumper camera on Highland that the Cybertruck also has. Because again, that having a, a camera mounted on the lower front bumper of the car, the front fascia, would help not only with parking, assuming they give you access to, to view that camera on the center screen, but certainly it helps autopilot and FSD as well if you've got another camera way up at the front of the car like that. So very good news there. And then the other interesting piece for me is the RGB interior accent lighting that appears to be coming not just to the new Model 3, but also to the S and the X, to which I say, good, good that they're all getting it. Those are features that these cars at these prices should have. And as I was saying last week, I really feel like from an aesthetic perspective, they would accentuate the minimalist interiors of, the, of all the Teslas really, really well. Now, I would say the biggest surprise out of this for me is the timeline. Now, Tesla Scope made it clear from their sources that they got a lot of different sort of all over the place estimates as to when this thing is actually coming out. I can tell you, I had heard that these cars were imminent. And when I say imminent, I mean this month imminent. I've been hearing that, well, I heard that last month. And that's exactly why I've been talking about it the way I've been talking about it here on the podcast. But it sounds like that that may, if it was the case, may no longer be the case and we'll have to wait a little bit longer for Highland. Now, as such, I will say this again, uh, I'm a, I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but just while we're on this very important topic of the Model 3 revamp, I have to advise anybody out there who's interested in buying a Model 3 in the relative near future to wait. That's, but that's I, there's an asterisk on that, with that asterisk being, if you can. If you are in a position that you can wait, I would encourage you to do so. If you can't wait and you need a car, then by all means, buy a Model 3 now. A car purchase is super important. If you need it, you know, you you can't just like sit around hoping that the Highland comes out, you know, next week. So you're going to get a great car if you do decide to buy one of the current Model 3s. In fact, there are some discounts going on right now, at least until the end of the quarter that's coming up this week. And I suppose it'll be interesting to see if those discounts stick around once we flip over to quarter three, because if those discounts do stick around in any way, shape, or form, then it might almost certainly suggest that Highland is coming soon if those existing Model 3s continue to get a discount. 
But uh, I, I personally am, this is how I'm thinking about Highland in my head. I would not expect the Highland revamp to be radically better necessarily. I mean, it will be better. We've heard about the ventilated seats. You know, there, there's, there's definitely going to be things that are better. The autopilot for the extra camera on the lower front bumper. But it is going to cost roughly the same, if not exactly the same, as the Model 3 costs now. So what we know, as Tesla Scope went over, that Highland will be a lot easier and thus cheaper for Tesla to build. So that means Tesla's margins on the car will go up, but to the consumer, I think it is unlikely to be a cheaper car. It's possible, and if it is, if it does end up end up being a little cheaper, I don't think it'll be by much, but hey, every little bit helps. But what it is definitely going to be, it's gonna be new, it's gonna be fresh, it's gonna have hardware for, and it's gonna have some other nice improvements that will, in my opinion, Make it worth waiting for if you are in a privileged enough privileged enough position, pardon me, to be able to wait. So, and I guess all, all we can do now is wait and see how much longer we're gonna be waiting. We're gonna we're gonna wait to wait at this stage. But good stuff there from Tesla Scope. Hey, real quick before I get to the remaining news stories and then your calls in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Let me once again mention the CCF Tesla raffle. Your chance to win a Tesla of your choosing, including the Cybertruck. You also help a great cause while you're at it. This is an annual raffle happening right now. It is the ninth annual Tesla raffle from the Chicago Chesed Fund, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping families in crisis. They are funding 80 plus uh, programs and services right now with the goal of helping families get back on their feet by offering goods and services like food, furniture, jobs, etc. Now, as I mentioned, you can win any of the four Teslas currently in production or choose to take a Cybertruck or $50,000 in cash. For your chance to win, head to ccfraffle.com where you can get $25 off of two tickets by using the promo code RTL. So tickets are limited. You got to hurry. Only 9,999 tickets will be sold. And if you act quickly, there's even an early bird raffle. If you buy two or more tickets prior to July 11th, where you will be automatically added into a second early bird drawing for the chance to win a bottle of Tesla tequila at no extra charge. And even if you do win that Tesla tequila, you're still eligible for the main raffle if you uh, do take that early bird prize. So get your tickets today at ccfraffle.com. Use the promo code RTL to get a $25 discount on two tickets. That's ccfraffle.com, promo code RTL. And then Accelerate Auto continues to offer you a nice little discount on their X-Care extended warranties for Teslas. Remember, this company was started by former Tesla employees. They own Teslas. They know it. They get it. They've been on the inside. They're out on now here as owners as well. And they wanted to offer an extended warranty plan where Tesla for the longest time didn't 
But even now that Tesla is offering one again, there's not a lot of flexibility. In fact, there's none. Tesla's policy is a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended coverage plan, whereas Xcare offers up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles after your 50,000-mile factory warranty is up. Xcare can also be purchased for any Tesla, no matter where you bought it, whereas Tesla's plan is only offered to customers who bought their cars new from Tesla. And you have to opt in to Tesla's warranty before your car hits 50,000 miles. Xcare plans can be purchased anywhere, anytime, up to 125,000 miles. And then finally, while both Tesla's warranty and Xcare's have $100 deductibles and 24-7 roadside assistance, Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla does not. And also, I should add, that Xcare covers everything that Tesla's own extended warranty does. So check them out, see which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. Thank you so much to the kind folks at Xcare for continuing to run that nice discount for my listeners. All right, let's finish up with the Tesla news. And the next one is sadly not a great one, but we'll finish strong, I promise. Tesla's lawsuit to overturn the ban on direct-to-consumer car sales in Louisiana has been dismissed by a Louisiana court. I saw this written up on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, a federal court in Louisiana has dismissed Tesla's lawsuit against a state ban on direct-to-consumer car sales. The ruling comes as part of Tesla's ongoing efforts to reverse direct sales bans in several states across the country and comes one month after Tesla was successful in a similar case in Delaware. Last year, Tesla filed a lawsuit challenging Louisiana's refusal to allow the automaker to sell its EVs directly to customers, deeming the state's ban protectionist and anti-competitive. However, in a ruling published this past week, the court ruled that the direct sales ban applied equally to all manufacturers and found no evidence of anti-Tesla bias on the part of the Louisiana legislature. Quote, the direct sales ban applies equally to all manufacturers, and Tesla has alleged no facts regarding anti-Tesla animus on the part of the Louisiana legislature, according to the ruling via Reuters. Well, obviously, not great news here. Not just at face value is it not good news, but also in the bigger picture, because this ruling came from a federal court, not a state-level court. Now, I have long made the analogy to these state-by-state -state fights that Tesla's been taking up to be allowed to sell their cars directly to consumers that they are battles in a larger war. Well, uh, unfortunately, the federal ruling here could affect that entire war, not just this one particular battle in Louisiana. Now, don't get me wrong. I get why these laws are in place, politically speaking. But from a common sense perspective, let's take the fact that we're EV fans out of it. 
from a common sense perspective, these bands just don't pass the smell test anymore or the eye test for that matter or the taste test or any other test of, of any sense. But unfortunately, the politics of politics continue to stand strong in the face of common sense. And so Tesla, and more importantly, those of you who live in these affected states like Louisiana, like Michigan, Connecticut, Texas, etc., you guys continue to have your lives inconvenienced and you continue to have your free market choices as consumers limited, or at least unnecessarily complicated. And that is too bad. In happier news though, Murray Alexander of the Tesla Model 3 New Zealand Facebook group posted quite the picture this past week. It is of a very distinct looking triangular shaped vehicle under a giant tarp being unloaded from the back of a carrier plane that had landed in New Zealand. Now, as Mr. Murray uh, no doubt correctly speculates, this is almost certainly a, well, it's definitely a Cybertruck. I mean, that part is not in question, but it is almost certainly for cold weather testing of the Cybertruck. Because of course, as we've now officially begun our summer up here in the Northern Hemisphere, that means my listeners in the Southern Hemisphere have now started your winter. And as Teslarati wisely pointed out, Tesla, in fact, is no stranger to New Zealand. The company released a winter weather testing video shot last winter in New Zealand with not the Cybertruck, with the other cars. It was posted to the Tesla YouTube channel back in December with the description, when it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere, Tesla engineers follow the snow to Wanaka, New Zealand to continue their vehicle development year round. Now, before you panic, thinking that the Cybertruck must either be delayed or that Tesla is really trying to rush the whole winter testing thing at the last second with the Cybertruck, don't worry. Because we know for a fact that Tesla has already done at least one other round of winter weather testing that we know of. They've probably done more than that. Because remember the picture that was included in the last quarterly shareholder letter that showed the Cybertruck tearing around the snow from some unknown location? Well, it's not as if Tesla finalized the design and all the engineering and then went, oh shoot, I guess we should probably test this thing in the snow before we let any customers have them, huh? Right? Like we should do that? No, Tesla's been at this for quite a while and we know as well that they're probably gonna go back again another time to validate adjustments that got made after last time, right? They're just continually evolving, continually improving as Tesla always does. Now, sometimes as we've all personally seen in our own cars, sometimes that evolution can be done via an over-the-air software update, but sometimes that evolution necessitates hardware changes, both big and usually small, that end up getting rolled into production very quickly and usually very quietly as well. So at the very least, this hopefully means that we'll get 
at least one more winter testing photo in the next quarterly shareholder letter, and or perhaps a winter testing Cybertruck video for the Tesla YouTube channel? Ah, uh, Tesla, are you listening? Ah, uh, so we can see it tearing around in the snow? Because that would be fun to see. All right, I've got uh, one more news story for you this week, and it's another good one. It is a change to the Model X. You heard Tesla Scope talking about uh, more changes coming to the S and the X, a, a little mi some minor stuff they said. Well, here's another minor thing that's already happened right now. Tesla has finally updated the Model X to add new LED headlights. One more tip of the cap to drive Tesla Canada, because that's where I saw this first. They wrote, the update to the Model X comes more than a year after the automaker made the same update to the Model S, bringing all Tesla vehicles up to date with the new headlight technology. According to a note sent to employees last week, a copy of which Drive Tesla was able to obtain, the automaker refers to these as, quote, global headlamps, saying this final transition is part of the company's strategy to have one lamp for all markets. While the note doesn't go into the technical specifications of the new headlights, it does say the lights are controlled by software, which allows them to project different lighting patterns based on the requirements for whatever region the vehicle is located in. The changeover at the Fremont production lines has already taken place, with photos of a Model X in Toronto with the new headlights shared this past week on Twitter. The new headlights are visibly different from the previous generation, with two distinct bulbs in the housing. Well, two distinct bulbs in the housing is exactly how you describe the new Model S headlights from a year ago that Drive Tesla Canada mentioned as well. So uh, it, it will really be easy to pick them out when you see them in person because they, they are quite different looking when you do compare them to the previous version of the headlights. Now, I know I shouldn't be surprised by this given Tesla's history with the S and the X in particular, but for two cars that went out of production for six months, or in fact more in the case of the Model X, so that they could be redesigned inside and out, Tesla has already made a number of customer-facing changes to both the S and the X since then, even if the S has seen more changes to this point than the X. For instance, the Model S's taillights and rear end have been revised twice since the refresh, and then the X had its rear end refreshed once when they removed the Tesla T-badge and put in the TESLA sort of beltline plate on there in lieu of, a, of the T logo. But also, there's the fact that both the new S and X have had the motor installed behind the center screen so that it can tilt to the left or the right. Both cars, since the refresh, have had their core computing power quietly updated so that they can go, if you will, full steam ahead, if you'll pardon the terrible dad joke there. <laughs> both, both the S and the X have had their multi-coat red paint option replaced with the in my opinion, very stunning ultra-red option. They've also each had the long-promised active noise cancellation feature added via a software update. 
So that's just a, a quick list of the changes that have happened to the S and the X since the refresh. Anyway, I say that I shouldn't be surprised because Tesla's always maintain this breakneck pace of upgrading, specifically on the S and the X. It's really been the three and the Y that have slowed the pace down, comparatively speaking. I mean, have there been improvements to the three and the Y? Of course there have been. I mean, the three and the Y got the octovalve. They later got the 48 volt accessories battery that the S and the X got at the refresh. The center consoles have been revised on the three and the Y, but comparatively speaking, the three and the Y haven't seen nearly the frequency of customer facing updates to the cars that the S and the X have. I mean, I suppose Tesla has to do it this way on the S and the X in order to better compete in the luxury market. Whereas the three and the Y quite frankly, just don't have nearly the same level of competition that the S and the X do in their categories. Still, I wanna say congratulations to those of you who are getting ready to take delivery of a new Model X because you should be getting new headlights that might at some point have some neat functionality unlocked for them via a software update down the road. Alrighty, that is everything I've got for you in an extremely busy week of Tesla news. But stick with me, I'll be right back with a few of your Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls right after this. It's time to hear from all of you in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, please call in with it. There are two easy ways that you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number that you can dial anytime is 1-888-989-8752. That's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up this week is Jay from Alexandria, Virginia. This is Jay Lucas of Alexandria, Virginia. Um, I'm just wondering whether I'm the last person on earth who's realized this, but Elon Musk is such a student of Henry Ford and automotive history that he is probably naming the Highland advances to the Model 3, the Highland project, after Henry Ford's Highland Park um, advanced factory where he tried all the types of new innovations back in 1904 or such. In any event, am I the last one that's realized the coincidence of the names? I love the show, and I'll continue listening forever. Take care. Bye-bye. Jay, thank you for your call. I can promise you that you're definitely not the last person on Earth to realize that because I didn't know that. 
I never knew that fact about Henry Ford, so you have just taught me something, and as always, I appreciate that. And so in learning that, I suspect you are in fact absolutely right about the reasoning for the Project Highland codename being what it is. I appreciate that automotive history lesson that you just gave me, Jay. Thanks so much. Next up this week is Pete from Dallas. Hello, Ryan. It's Pete from Dallas again. I uh, wanted to kind of ask a question around service. So we took uh, my Model X into the Fort Worth Service Center a couple of days ago to get a leak fixed on one of the Falkenwing doors that's been there since delivery. And I rarely expect a loaner vehicle because I just never have them. But now they also do not offer Uber credits. So if you show up there without a ride home, then you're basically out of luck. You've got to book your own own ride somehow. So I'm a bit, bit surprised by this, honestly. Um, the only comparison I can make is to Rivian because uh, we have uh, an R1T as well. And they certainly offer Uber credits if they can't provide a, a loaner vehicle. Tesla up until now always have done as well. So curious if this is a local thing to Fort Worth or maybe just Texas or whether this is now policy across the board. Um, if it is, then I think that's a pretty big downgrade in terms of the, the sort of experience when it comes to service. So curious as to your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Pete. Well, I decided to check with a friend of mine who works in Tesla service. And here's what he told me. I've got to protect uh, his identity here, but he says, I can't speak to Texas or other regions, but I do know that in his region, it is typically loaners or Uber credits if it's going to be more than about two and a half hours for the specific repair. I do know other regions sometimes have different resources available, whether it's more or less, so it typically isn't a nationwide policy that governs everyone. So that's good news. That's good news. Now, I realize that doesn't help your situation necessarily, but at least it's not a does not appear to be a company-wide policy, and hopefully that means that you'll get Uber credits and or service loaners back at your local service center sooner rather than later. Thanks, Pete. I've got time for one more call this week. It's coming from Jason in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Ryan, this is Jason from Tucson. Uh, you had a caller last week who had mentioned as being an Uber driver that he sometimes had difficulty with uh, explaining the Model 3 handles to new people, especially in the e-braided. Um, one thing that I found that I say is I say, push the fat, pull the skinny, and that seems to work for most people. So that might help a little more than just saying push then pull. Uh, I always say pu push the fat, pull the skinny, and people seem to get it. Whether I haven't had any inebriated people, so I don't know if it'll help with them or not, but I figured I'd pass that on just in case that helps. Uh, podcast is awesome. Keep it going. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that suggestion. I, in fact, tell people almost exactly the same thing, and it works really well for me, too. Everybody seems to get it this way. I just add in the word part. So what I say is push the fat part, pull the skinny part. And like I said, I've had the same results you have. People always seem to get it when I say it that way. So hopefully that can be of use to others. If any of you out there have been running into passengers who have trouble getting into the car for the first time with the Model 3 or Model Y door handles. That's all the time I've got for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week, but keep your calls coming. I've got other calls that I've got ready to go for next week as well, but I'm always happy to hear from you. Always happy to make sure to try and get as many folks on the podcast as I can each week 
We'll do some more on episode 413. But until then, 412 right now is not done. Stick with me. I've got your pro tip of the week and more coming up right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Well, as for what's going on with my car, I spent just shy of three hours detailing the heck out of my car last weekend, and it's still looking great down in the garage. And I did it because school is out now. I'm not doing the carpool anymore. I don't have grubby kid fingers on my white seats in the back. And they're just being kids. It's fine. And they wipe right off. I'm not upset. It's nothing like that. But uh, I had been kind of waiting for the school year to end. I did a just total thorough top to bottom, back to front. I went in and very thoroughly vacuumed all of the Zelina Labrador fur out. I scrubbed my all-weather floor mats with with soap and water on a sponge. I, again, I wiped down all the seats. I did a round of this silica coating for the PPF and ceramic uh, coating called Reload that that Jeff at at Immaculate Reflections recommended that I use a couple times a year. So I, I just went all out. I should add, my wife and daughter were out of town so I had like I had no responsibilities. I was not ignoring my family. So I was like, well, I'm going to go down and I'm going to clean the heck out of my Model 3. And I have to say, it felt really good when I got done. And it's felt really good every time I've gone down to get in it to go for a drive this week. As for an entertainment recommendation for you, well, on the video game front, I'm still playing the heck out of Diablo 4. But here's an entertainment recommendation for you. Righteous Gemstones is back on HBO, and oh, sorry, by HBO, I mean Max. Uh, By the way, who thought that that name change was a good idea? You know, it's not as if the HBO name has been associated with prestige content for, you know, four decades or anything like that. (laughs) It does crack me up that that, that I, I just like can't get over Who thought it was good to drop the HBO branding? Especially Max has no SEO value because Max, you type Max into Google, it could mean anything. Whereas HBO means one thing when you type it in. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. But Righteous Gemstones is Danny McBride, who I think is really funny. He he did Eastbound and Down years ago. Uh, he's, I, I've, I've liked all of his shows that he's done on HBO and, and this one, Righteous Gemstones is really, really funny. John Goodman's in it. Uh, there's a lot of really good folks in there. So it's season three now, I think. So I would advise you start from the beginning if you've never watched it, but if you have been watching it and just didn't know that the new season has started, enjoy. Cause, uh, it's, uh the first two episodes went up last week, obviously then another one will go up. Uh, today as this airs on Sunday, and it is a show that I definitely get a kick out of. Let's get a pro tip of the week. This one's from Tom in Fishers, Indiana. Hi, Ryan. This is Tom from Fishers, Indiana. Longtime listener, first time caller. I have a pro tip for show 400. If you've ever been on a road trip in which you have your charge limit set to 100% for range charges along the way, but when you get home, with adequate state of charge, and you park and go inside your home, you remember that you hadn't changed the charge limit back to 80% or whatever you normally set it to on a daily basis. The slider to set your charge limit does not appear in the app if you are not plugged in. Instead of going back out to your car and plugging in to get the charge limit slider to appear, 
just hit the control to open the charge port. Upon opening the charge port, the charge limit slider will appear. Adjust your charge limit, and then you can remotely close your charge port. I hope that helps someone else. I thoroughly enjoy the show. Thank you, Tom. This is helpful. I have accidentally left my maximum charge at 100% after a road trip, and then I got mad at myself the next day because it had charged all the way up and stayed there for hours, which you're not supposed to do in order to keep the battery as healthy as possible. So I appreciate the suggestion on this one. If anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I gave you the instructions for earlier in the podcast. Before I go, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you. I will start with abstractocean.com. They've got a ton of great aftermarket accessories. Every now and again, I'll actually jump on there and take a look. I'm not gonna do that today because I had just done that for you recently and there's just, there's too much anyway. There's just, a, there's genuinely a ton of stuff for each of the four Teslas. So do take a look, abstractocean.com, whether it's a screen protector for your center screen, whether it's uh, some sort of lighting accent or lighting upgrade lighting feature that you'd like for the interior of your car. They've got lots of that stuff as well. Abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. Next up, the snap plate for the Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and Model S. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. I want to thank the listener that had uh, dropped me a note this week saying, hey, that link isn't working anymore. So I got in touch with the snap plate folks and uh, they were able to get the problem sorted out very quickly and easily. So my apologies to anyone that may have gone to that link and seen a 404 error. That is now fixed. And now you can go to everyamp.com slash RTL and get the front license plate bracket that I recommend for your Tesla if indeed you either legally need one or want one on the front of your car. It snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it stays there. It is paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. It doesn't get in the way of anything. It's a nice, clean, minimalist design. When you take it off, like maybe if you're at a, a car show or you're detailing your car like I was last week and you want to take it off, but maybe you want to put it back on if you're going to be going through a, a toll road, a bridge, you're going to be parking at a, a parking meter and you don't want to get tagged with a ticket for it if uh, if one of the, the meter enforcement folks comes by. Anyway, get your snap plate at everyamp.com slash RTL. BudgetSafeSolar.com now also offers battery backup, home battery uh, installations to go with their solar installations as well. So if you go to Tesla Solar, as I expect, you'd probably start there as I did. But if like me, it ends up not working out for you with Tesla Solar for whatever reason, I do genuinely encourage you to visit budgetsafesolar.com. Let them create a nice custom system for you as they did for me that'll meet your needs, take care of the, uh, the, the goals you're trying to accomplish with your solar system. And you can do so for your home, for your business, for both. 
Whatever the case may be, again, they've got the the battery, the home battery solution there for you as well. So head on over to budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do proceed with an installation for your home or business, please use the referral code RTL. Next up is Immaculate Reflections, who I suppose, hopefully Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, the owner there, hopefully he'd be proud of me if he saw the, the almost three hours that I put into my car last week. Some people, like, you know, might just be like, you're insane for spending that much time on your car. Well, that may be true. I wouldn't argue with you, but it made me feel good when I was done, and that's that's what counts. But anyway, uh, I guarantee you're going to feel good about your car if you take it to Immaculate Reflections. If you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, Immaculate Reflections is the place to go for all of your professional detailing needs, whether you want to do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years. Maybe you want to do paint correction, get that finish looking as good as it possibly can. Maybe you want to do paint protection film on the front of the car or all of the car or all the key areas of the car. Whatever it is, head on over to irdetailing.com. That is where you can get in touch with Jeff. You can reach out and contact him there. And when you do, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and there's a nice little discount waiting for you if you do book some detailing work with Immaculate Reflections. Finally, my Patreon, I mentioned it at the top, but just to just to share with you one more time here, this podcast, as evidenced by the last now almost eight years of it. It is free. It will always be free. It will always come out every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. However, there is a lot that goes into this, which I hope comes through when you listen to it. I hope it doesn't sound like it was just slapped together with no thought, uh, because a lot of thought goes into it. A lot of research, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of enthusiasm. And this is a listener-supported podcast. That is how it stays going. That's how it continues. So if you uh, do at some point see fit to support me on Patreon, you can go to my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Podcast. There are different support tiers there where you can do, uh, they start at just five bucks a month, and that'll get you early access to each week's episode. The $10 a month tier that's the most popular, that'll get you the early access and that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode. And then the tiers go up from there, and they all the bonuses stack from there. So the more generous you are in supporting me on Patreon, the more ways I try to say thank you by, by giving you various uh, bonuses and benefits. So head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Maybe you've been listening for a while, and maybe this is the week where you think, you know what, yes, Ryan, I'm going to head over, and I'm going to support you on Patreon. I'd be humbled and grateful if you chose to do that. Follow me on Twitter and or Instagram. My handle there is, on both, is DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime at teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you need a referral code, now that the referral program is back and they've got the 
the loot box credits that can be redeemed for Tesla merch. They can be redeemed for software upgrades for your Tesla, like the acceleration boost, like enhanced autopilot, like FSD. So, you know, you wanna, there, there's good incentive to get, you know, to take advantage of those referrals. So if you're, if you are buying a Tesla, hopefully you've got a family member, a friend, a neighbor, whose referral link that you can use because you do have to use the referral link to order the car. To the best of my knowledge, Tesla has indicated that they will not go back and and basically backdate those referrals after you've already ordered the car. You've got to order the car using the referral link. And in the spirit of the new referral program, as I as I said last week, Tesla has asked that people with platforms such as YouTube videos and podcasts, people like myself, not share uh, codes directly on there. So, you know, I want to be respectful to Tesla there. I understand why they would have that policy, which is why I say, you know, please try to find a friend, family member, coworkers code. But if you just need one, because, you know, you got to, you want to get those loot box points. If you need one, and especially with the S and the X, if you're buying the S and the X, because there's an actual discount off the straight off the top of the car with that in addition to the loot box credits just reach out to me and I'll give you my my uh, referral link if you need it so you can email me I just gave you the email address or you can DM me on uh, Instagram if you want as well whatever works for you and we'll make just make sure you're using somebody's referral link if you're ordering a Tesla Finally, let me say hello and thank you to the upper tier Patreon backers, the extra generous folks at the higher tiers. I will start with the maximum plaid backers. Thank you very much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, and Tom Behan. Thank you all very much for continuing to back me at that super generous maximum plaid tier. Next, the grandfathered-in plaid-level supporters. Thank you for your continued support. To George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, 
the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Finally, an extra big thank you goes out to the Roadster in Space tier backers, the most generous of the most generous. A sincere thanks to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Nydig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Kara Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. And with that, we come to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 412 for two very tired puppies, Zelina the Future Service Dog and Daisy the Boxer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was another fun episode, at least for me. I hope it was for you. Had fun doing this one here on episode 412. Of course, I'll be back next week, as I am every week, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, pardon me, 6 a.m. Pacific. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.